0: So do me a favor, grab your notebook and a pen and your favorite bevy and let's get to the show. I had to fill you in on this because I think it might be exactly what you've been hoping for. So we just reopened the doors to our exclusive Maverick Mastermind because we've been getting requests for it for a while now and we are accepting applications again. But here's the deal. This mastermind in particular, it is next level. We bring in industry leaders and experts, the ones that you admire from afar, so you can have direct access to them to help you scale your business. We have an entire curriculum we're walking you through that is going to help you change the game of how you grow your business. No more spinning your wheels, feeling like you're wasting time and money. We're gonna help you become known as the go to expert in what you do, help you nail your clarity. You will know exactly what you're called to do and how to do it, increase your visibility. Help you build out your next irresistible offers because that's huge, it's gonna increase your cash flow, your income levels, your overall impact that you're making. Have access to the people that you want to connect with. In-person retreats with them too. And we're really into teaching you high level marketing strategy, stuff that's gonna stick list growth strategy. so you're talking to the right people, the ones that are primed to buy what you have to offer and helping you get the right new connections, publicity, land interviews, speaking gigs, direct access to me and my team, my incredible operations director and amazing integrator. And our Mavericks have done more in six months' time in their business than most people do in years of navigating this on your own. It is fast tracking where you want to go. And masterminds have been the single most powerful tool for growth in my business. It took me from five to six figures in the beginning years ago, and then from six to seven figures. And it is something that I love walking people through because it's so incredibly game-changing. We keep this community really tight so if you're serious about growing your business and doing it in a way that's in integrity with your values so you can make the impact you want to make but I believe that there's so much more to success and that's going to be making sure that you're also building in a way that gives you the time freedom so you can be with the people you love while you make the impact you want to make in your business. This is it. So don't wait because we cap this thing. We don't accept unlimited people. So you can apply at elizabethhartke.com forward slash maverick or check in the show notes. And you need to apply so that we can schedule a call to see if this is the right fit. Ask whatever questions you want and see if this is the right thing both ways. I want to help you build a business that is in alignment with the vision that you have for your life. No more winging it. We've got the blueprint. Let's do this. I've been eagerly awaiting to bring you this really refreshing conversation with Meredith Boggs. She is a podcaster and a speaker, and you're going to love this girl. She and I had a very, what I felt like was a deep conversation around this concept of life beyond the highlight reel. So much of what we see today is just the best of the best, people's highlight reels, but there is so much that doesn't make the cut the other half of what people say, the pieces of life that don't make it to Instagram, and the fact that our social media presence is not a full representation of the sum of all our parts. It doesn't fully represent who we are, what we believe, what we stand for, what actions we take in our lives, and how we show up in the world. So this was a conversation we had to have because I know there are so many people out there who are facing this battle feeling like, Whether they are comparing themselves to other people or whether they are getting burnt out by trying to keep up with the demands of social media or being on their phones, there are so many nuggets of wisdom in today's conversation with Meredith and you are going to love it. So if you need to be freed of the pressure of social media, if you need to realize that you don't need to compare yourself because the reality is, is you're not seeing more than the other half of people's lives. And if you want to feel more secure and confident in your pursuit of success and scaling in both your business and your own life, this is the conversation for you. I am so excited for this conversation Meredith because in short I feel like the world needs to hear it. So welcome to Scaling Up. We're so happy to have you here. Thanks. I'm excited to be here today. Awesome. So recently it's funny that we're having this conversation that we'll get into in one sec, but I had put up a post probably at the time of this recording maybe a week ago and it was a little bit of a PSA reminding people that life does happen outside of the squares that we see on social media. In fact, uh for myself most of life happens there. And mm-hmm. therefore these apps, you know, where we're seeing people and watching other people's lives are not even really remotely close to the full representation mm-hmm. of who I am, who you are, um, what I stand for, what I do, what I believe, how I show up in the world, all these different categories of life. Yet sometimes yeah. I feel like people forget that. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk for a moment about how you got started kind of focusing on the part of life that doesn't show up on the highlight reel. I know that's like a big piece of, of your brand and, and what you bring to the world, but I would love to hear how you kind of came to that place.
1: Yeah. I so a little bit of a backstory. I launched my blog about five years ago. I'd kind of always blogged a little bit, but it was like on a Tumblr side it was not, not real cool. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna really do this. And, um, at the time I, my husband and I were living overseas. We were, um, working for a nonprofit uh doing medical work for uh orphan children and it was a really it was a really isolating season just because we worked a ton didn't have a lot of um didn't have a lot of time to like build community make friends where we were living um and then we were on the other side of the world in China and so keeping up with friends and family back home is really difficult because it was a 14 hour time difference so um i just yeah and i found myself in a season of we were newly ish married. We've been married for about a year and a half at that point. um, uh, but long enough that it was like, Oh, okay. We're starting to like hit some really hard points and having to work out some things. And, um, you know, you're having to lean in and do some personal work. And I, I think just, it was kind of this culmination of feeling like I feel really alone, like geographically and where I am in life. Um, but I also don't believe that I'm the only one out here. Um, and so it was kind of out of that, that I really just started a lot of the content that I was writing was really like pretty honest free form about like, Hey, this is my, this is our experience of conflict. This is how, you know, things end up looking when you your your faith is being lived out and it's not all nice and clean and tidy. Um, and so that was kind of, kind of the genesis of the other half. And then I added my podcast, a couple years back and it's really just been a place that kind of like you were talking about it's like those squares are just a small fragment of our life they're not really representative of who we are as a whole and our beliefs and values and really all the life that happens in between but because it is such a highly curated platform it can it can almost it can be deceiving to other people but then if we're not careful it can be self-deceiving for us of like Oh this is my real life when in reality it's not so much of life happens off the highlight reel and that's where the real life is that's where the like that's where the beauty the pain the struggles but the really good things in life um, that's where that all happens at and so yeah and I think you know fast forward to 2020 I think this year was really unprecedented in so many ways for people and we found ourselves confined to our homes and spending so much more time on social feeds and i I've really loved seeing especially i think there's been a big shift the last couple of years in bringing more vulnerability and authenticity to these social platforms, which I think is huge there still is like absolutely tons of you know not real life stuff out there, but um you know I think for people in general, whether it's their mental emotional health um you know the more that we can bring the more that we can highlight the other half of life that doesn't make the highlight reel then we can we can normalize a lot of these experiences that i think tend to leave people feeling isolated and totally alone
0: yeah oh my gosh i so agree with that and there was something that you said that made me think of something it was like the fact that you know a lot of time we get imposter syndrome or whatever you want to call it when you're watching yeah. other people's feeds because it is they're the best of the best you know they're they're putting out mm-hmm. their 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 best Possible content, yeah, and as much as we're deceived into thinking that that's their reality, as we start to curate our own feeds we start to deceive ourselves about our own realities and we start to kind of create personas that are not Mm -hmm. really who we are like I went through a phase of that in my business when you know everyone was saying you have to have your you know everything has to be perfectly aligned in your feet and the colors and this and that and I like I can't even begin to tell you how much that goes against every fiber of my being like it is just (laughs) not me to the core and I was trying to fit this square peg in a round hole and it felt terrible and I was trying to convince myself that that was who I was and I kept wondering and among many other things that I was putting out there that felt, um, inauthentic. And Mm -hmm. then I'm wondering, okay, why do I feel out of alignment every day? Well, it's like, well, no kidding, Liz, you're living like a fallacy on this platform that is just not actually you. Um, and it's, I think it's killing people. Like I think it's genuinely making people like it's destroying mental health. It's making Mm -hmm. people start to question their own reality, start to wonder who they are, if they're, they're really out of touch with who they are, who they think they have to be based on what Mm -hmm. society's standards or social media standards are. Um, and I think it's just so incredibly dangerous. Um, Mm -hmm. so I'm so glad that, you know, you you've made this a focus and that we're talking about it today, because I know that there are a lot of people hurting and they don't even realize that this is the root of that pain. And these are, yeah. these are successful people too. Like these are yeah. people who are, you know, seeing growth and seeing like their businesses are taking off and things are happening. And it's funny because I mentor a lot of high level, um, entrepreneurs, people making mm-hmm. great, incomes, um, you know, high six and seven figures. And the ones that are the happiest are the ones that have figured out how to build their businesses off of social media.
1: Yeah. 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 It's, it's wild. And, you know, I think especially the world that you're in and the world that a lot of people are in it's you know, I don't think the point is to like get rid of social media and like delete all your apps and um, I, I don't think that's the point because that's not the world that we live in these days. And a lot right. of people, if you know, all of a sudden you took away their social platforms, a lot of their business and a lot of their success would cease to exist because it is built around that. Um, and so I don't think it's I don't think it's inherently bad, but it it really is. How are we managing it? How are we how are we relating with the world and with other people and our ourselves as a result of it? And kind of like you said, touching on the mental health and this piece of living in alignment with who we are. It's like, where are we in the midst of this kind of like persona that we're creating online and this persona that we're maybe creating of our business? Like you were talking about, that it's like, that's just totally not you, but you, you kind of get into this, like you kind of get sucked into this place of thinking, well, this is what it is, this is what I have to do. And I was talking to someone recently and we we're just kind of dialoguing about this idea that so much of like a lot of our lives that we put on social media, that's not, it's not the, it's not the other half. And she, she said, yeah, she said, I mean, if I scroll through my feed right now, she's like, I like my life on Instagram a lot better than I like my real life. And she's like, because it's the fun moments, it's the picture perfect moments. And she was like, but it's not, it's not my real life. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think, I think it does, it does present a huge dilemma of how do we, like, how do we hold this? How do we utilize this tool and these platforms, um, you know, for business, obviously, but then also, too, it's, you know, social media is a great way to stay connected with people. And especially, you know, with what 2020 has brought with so much, you know, so much being shut down, quarantine, you know, it's like at the end of the day, we were created for human connection. And so that's one of the gifts that social media gives us. But how do we. How do we use it and how do we steward it and protect our mental health, our emotional health? And how do we still live in alignment with who we are and what we believe and how we want to interact with the world? So Yeah
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you, you used a word that I feel like is the when we can keep it as what it is, which is a tool, right? Like mm-hmm. it is not everything. It's not fully representative yeah. of who we are. It's not um, going to dictate how we show up in the world. It is a tool that we use for our business. It's a tool we use for connection, but it's yeah. it's evolved past that and it's Mm -hmm. kind of morphed into something else which makes it a little tricky so I think the key with that is you know discipline which is one of the things I want to talk with you about today is like how can we continue to use it as a tool while also not allowing it to take take over Um, yeah and and I genuinely believe I mean after reading the book Irresistible and then Mm -hmm. um, Glow Kids I think one of the greatest problems in today's society is and I believe that It could be what ultimate if we don't develop boundaries, um, the downfall of marriages and families and next generations without exaggeration is the phone and the addiction with the phone and what it deprives us of. So I would love to talk to you a little bit about that. Like, you know, how can we keep these things as beneficial enhancements and tools and supplementation and not the one main thing and, um, ensure that we're not, it's not taking over our lives.
1: Yeah, I I love talking about this because it's even something that I, I think everyone struggles with it. And it's like, you know, sometimes you'll have seasons where you feel like you're doing really well and then you'll slip back into the seasons where you're like, I am stuck in the mindless scroll way too much of the time and I've gotta I've gotta get I've gotta get back in alignment. Um if I haven't sent it to you, I'll send it to you if you wanna link to it in the show notes. But I It's it's like it's a little tool that I've used I created for myself to kind of hold hold myself accountable. Um, but it's just six steps and I made it out of the acronym scroll so that I could like even if I wasn't at home and didn't have it like somewhere close by that I could look through it and kind of walk through the steps. But um, but it's one of those things that I use anytime I, you know, really find myself mindlessly scrolling. Um and the first I won't go through the whole thing, I'll just touch on a few of them, but the first part is to stop and a lot of times. That for me is just physically putting the phone down and going into a different room, and just completely changing the scenery. I'll go do a little laundry. I will go respond to some emails, um, or I'll go, you know, I'll go on a quick little walk with my dog. But, um, but yeah, just physically putting the phone down and stopping because um, I think it's so easy to just get sucked into it, and we've all done it. You 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 open your you pick up your phone to go look at something, and then twenty minutes later, you're like what am I even doing? Why am I still here? How did I get sucked into this? Um, and then, but the next part, and you know, I love, I'm all about like, give me like the practical, like, w- like how to, what are some practice, some some kind of, um, yeah, I guess practices to implement, but I think also too, you have to address the bigger work. And so kind of the middle section of this acronym that I created is really about, um, you know, redirecting, looking at these, at these thoughts that have, popped up into our minds and these beliefs, um, and really observing them. Like, what are, what are they, what are we saying to ourselves? What are we believing about ourselves? Are we believing that we are not successful enough, that we're not skinny enough, that we're not, you know, whatever enough. Um, and then from there really challenging those beliefs and re kind of, kind of resetting and, um, and bringing truth to those lies that we've slipped into believing whether it's conscious or subconsciously from just the time spent scrolling um and you know then there's along with that work there's things like just just taking an honest account observing what if what have you traded what have you lost as a result of your time on social media obviously physical time um you know whether that's 20 minutes two hours whatever but then also too you know we work so hard to cultivate things like gratitude and contentment and I found that's one of the quickest ways to backslide on all that work that you've done is to just spend time scrolling. And it's like, you know, if you're already prone to anxiety or depression or struggle with anything like that, a lot of times social media can just be this terrible trigger for that and just put you into this tailspin before you know it. Um and then, you know, so the tool as a whole is kind of, it's more, that's more along the mindset um, side, but then in terms of practical things, like for me, I've, um I've just developed a lot of little practices and it's nothing that's crazy, but it's little things here and there that make, that make a big difference. And one of them um, that my husband and I have both um, landed on together is that when we have nights at home or we're at home together, our phones. They, they can be in the room, they but they're across the room somewhere. They're on a table um, or they're we leave them in the kitchen. We leave the ringer on so if somebody calls, we can get it. But we're not sitting there because it's so easy when you're sitting on the couch, whether you're talking or watching football or whatever, to just pick it up and check your email or open Instagram or whatever. But then what ends up happening is that we're sitting on the couch next to each other hanging out, but we're not really because we're just on our phones. And so that the physical... Like act of not having your phone in your hand or on your person or within arm's reach, makes you be really cognizant of it. Um, and I've started doing that when we hang out with our friends. Um, I'll I'll leave my phone, you know, and my keys by the door, or I'll leave them on the island, or in my purse, or something. And so if I if I if I need my phone, it is a conscious thing that I get up and I check something, or I respond to a text message. Um, and it's not just this mindless thing that I'm constantly pulling it out of my pocket and looking at it when there's a lull in, in conversation. Um, So that's one of the biggest things is just like physically separating yourself sometimes too, when I I'll do this usually like at the end of the day when it's like, okay, I need to be done with work for the day. Um, I'll just put my phone, I'll put it on the charger. And then it becomes, I treat it like the old school home phones during the day that like, if you wanted to go make phone contact, your friend, you got to stand there and hold the phone because the cord only goes so far. And so it's like, I will stand there with my phone plugged in and like send a text message, call someone or whatever. And then when the phone call is done, when I'm done texting, phone stays there. And so that to me has just been a really good kind of like, um, it's just brought awareness and cognizance to the way that I use it and how often I'm reaching for it. Um, And then this has been, this is something that I wish I could say it's an every, it's a weekly thing. It's not quite there yet, but, um, but we've started implementing here and there just cell phone free Sundays and Sundays are a day that we don't work It's a day of rest. And, um, we spend time together, spend time with family, go to church in the mornings. And then, um, we just, en- we just enjoy, we enjoy the day. And so, you know, if that's what the day's about, I don't need, I don't need my phone. I don't need to be checking my email. I don't need to be. On social media, and you know, half the time nobody is really contacting me about anything that important that day. And you know, a family calls—that's fine. I'll answer it. I'll respond to a text here and there. But really, for the most part, our phones are just not a part of our lives on Sundays. Um, and I remember the first couple of times doing that, I just felt so anxious. I was like, "Oh my gosh, I need my phone. What if this? What if that?" And I think it's so surprising because you realize, like, oh, nothing nothing life altering happens that, that can't wait until the next day or that can't wait, you know, a few hours until you get back to your phone. Um, so those are just a few things I think that kind of touch on both sides of it, of like the mindset, the heart and the soul work that really is there, but then also the practicalness of like, okay, well, how do I coexist with this device that, you know, is, is attached to us essentially. And, but how do I, how do I still live in a way that's cognizant and, and not so, um, yeah, it's just not so tied to it and addicted and, um, what's what's the word I'm looking for just so dependent on it yes yeah yeah
0: Yeah, absolutely and I think the thing is is that I think across the board like it's very rare that you meet someone that's not dependent on it anymore because it's kind of the nature of our lives have evolved into kind of like quote needing them like if we're driving somewhere okay we need the directions if we're Mm -hmm. you know going for a run that's how we listen to our music like everything on our phone Um, So we don't even like escape to nature for some exercise without having it in tow. So some of the things that I've done just to kind of build off of yours, um, I'm like, sounds like you have better discipline than me, which I much like admire and appreciate because I'm like more of an extreme person. Like, you know, Uh if if I eat one cookie, I'm eating the whole sleeve. (laughs) So like if I, you know, if I have it within sight, eventually it'll end up in my hand. So Uh some of the more extreme things that I've done that have helped me is I set hours or times for when mm-hmm. my phone is is in use. And most days, like I'm developing content and I'm working with my clients and my mm-hmm. masterminders. And that means, you know, for most of the day, I leave my phone like, well, we're actually recording currently in my closet, but I leave it in here because this is where my phone oh. stays at night too. So it's not by our bed.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and then in the morning, I don't come in here. I already have like my workout clothes and stuff out there. So I go out I and that. I don't come in here for like five, six, seven hours sometimes. So I don't even pick up my phone for the first time sometimes until three or 4 PM. Um, that's, awesome. that's not every day. Cause sometimes I do need to be like on Instagram or doing things, anything I can mm-hmm. do for my desktop. I do, cause I don't get as sucked mm-hmm. in. So like if yes. I can put up a post or do something from there, I do. Um, I also asked for my birthday for a house phone, like what you said. Oh, like a yeah. Old school I house phone, because I was like, you know what? I want to be able to shut my phone off, but I always want my parents and my siblings to be able yeah. to reach me. Um, yeah. So I was in this like pickle of like, well, how do I? How do I let them have access to me unless I have my cell phone? So I was like, you know what? I said to my husband, I'm like, I want a house phone for my birthday. He's like, what? I'm like, yep, that will I allow me that. to fully put my phone away, but feel the comfort of knowing that if people needed me for something important, only the people that I want to have that number have it. Yeah. Um, and then I use tools like, well, now that the iPhone has it built in, but I use tools like the Moment app that tells mm-hmm. you. We don't really like when you're addicted to something. That's why like when people have an intervention when someone's using drugs and they sit down and they start to say like, these are the things that you're doing. The person that's on the drugs is like, what are you talking about? That's not me. I don't do that. We Mm -hmm. don't have a self-awareness when we are literally addicted and something has become a part of us like we are not aware of how many times we just picked up our phone just out of habit or that the fact that we're watching a TV show with our spouse and he gets up to go to the bathroom that like got to fill that 30 second space. Otherwise I'll yeah. lose my mind. Yeah. And, um, and we can't even enjoy things like relaxing anymore. You know, I'll notice mm-hmm. if I go, it's very rare that I watch TV. We don't have cable or anything, but if we go to watch a show or something like that, if I have my phone on me, I come out of that half hour, hour of quote, relaxing, completely Mm -hmm. unrelaxed because... I split my attention between two things and I never fully engaged in one. And yeah. so it never took hold. Like I never felt like, Oh, I just was so nice to just go watch a show for an hour. Like, cause I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't watch a show for an hour. I looked at my phone. Then I watched the show. Then I looked at my phone. So I've done some yeah. of the more extreme things just because I find that that helps me like break the ad- initial addiction. And then mm-hmm. I can go into the habits that you mentioned that I love because I feel like we need some tangible ways to like just disconnect sometimes. and yeah um you know just to feel like feel like we're not um I don't know a slave to our phone like we don't need to be on it and we're okay if we don't have it and guess what it's okay if you don't Instagram story every ounce of your life or every cute things your your kids did like I've heard um I've heard so many stories of moms like their wake-up call became when their like three-year-old was like mommy like look what I'm doing and they're like oh that's so cute and they're like well why aren't you videoing me like why aren't you t- take uh-huh. a picture of it and it's like oh my god I do this all the time to my kid like they think they need to be like what are we creating in our children who yeah. knows like 15 oh years from gosh. now when every kid needs a spotlight on them because if uh-huh. they don't have it they're not significant so anyway that's my that's my mom rant but um Ooh, I love
1: that that's
0: good <laughs> but i i just think some of the points that you bring up are so so important um I would love to ask you too, one of the things that I've seen you kind of talk about is this idea of basically debunking the whole laptop lifestyle kind of nonsense, mm-hmm. like yeah. entrepreneurship is just posting on Instagram and sipping cocktails by <laughs> a pool in the tropics and forgetting that there's like management and financials and budgeting and yeah. leadership and marketing strategy, SEO, hiring, lead generation, like you name it. So talk oh, to yeah. me a little bit about your thoughts on that because... um I feel like that's that's right in line with what we're talking about
1: yeah I think um uh, you know and this is another thing too that I think as it's evolved there's been a little bit more um it's kind of surfaced a little bit more that it's like okay this life is not as glamorous but I just remember feeling like for a time um when I was still working full-time as a nurse that it was like oh everyone is living this really glamorous like life of an entrepreneur of you know like they're working remote and it's funny because again 2020 it's like work remote has now taken on a very a whole new meaning for a lot of people and all of a sudden people are like oh my gosh get me back in the office with my colleagues and I would just kill to not have another zoom meeting for my home but um but yeah I think there's there's a way that you know from people who maybe work corporate or who are not kind of in the entrepreneurially entrepreneur sphere it gets like this kind of lifestyle gets idealized and I think a lot of it is from the people who are in it the people like us that you know in reality we're you know in our closet recording a podcast and that's work for the day or in reality it's like I'm I'm wearing yoga pants and I don't have any makeup on and I've been sitting on my couch since eight o'clock in the morning at south four in the afternoon and I'm like oh I should go to the gym and I should shower. And that's really, that's really a lot of what it really is like. But I think, you know, I think it's one of those things too, that it's like, we, we kind of, you know, before you kind of take that step, before you take that leap, you have this idealized picture, or you have this idea of how great it's going to be. And it is great. I would not trade this. I wouldn't trade what my husband and I get to do for anything. I wouldn't trade the lifestyle and just the satisfaction that we have in our work as being self-employed entrepreneurs. But I also am very aware of the fact that I, I mean, I tell people, I'm like, it is not like, it is not for the faint of heart. First of all, having, having a startup is like having a child almost, and it is horribly scary. And there's just like moments of complete panic and meltdown. And you're like, this isn't going to work. And the startup life is just not a joke. But um yeah, I don't but it's also but it's almost like we kind of I don't know, it's like that we put this pressure on ourselves to make it look more glamorous than it really is. And what's funny is you don't see people In corporate, being like, oh, yeah, look at my glamorous corporate lifestyle, like me going to the office every day. It's just like, okay, yeah, this is work, this is life. And, you know, it's another Monday and I'm in a meeting in a boardroom or I'm in the break room getting coffee. But it's like we've just created this, I don't know, this image that it's so glamorous and that working remote means working from some tropical locale. And in reality, it's like, oh, you're usually sitting, you know, in your home office or on your couch. And, um, and then, you know, that's why I think a lot of people that have kind of taken that leap into the entrepreneur space and into the self-employed space, they they get there and they're like, oh, this is not as fulfilling as I thought it would be. And maybe it's not that it's not as fulfilling, but it's like, oh, this is just a lot harder than I thought it would be. Or this is a lot less glamorous than people made it out to be. Um, yeah, so I don't know. So that's something that, you know, I have... I've gotten, I've been really passionate about because I think also too, if you're one of those people that is kind of like on the edge thinking, okay, like when do I make the leap? Or, you know, even if you're in the early, like, you know, grinding stages of startup and you're looking at people that are several years into their business, you can kind of think like, oh, this is, you know, this is not great right now, but I'll get there. And in reality, it's like, Yeah, where you are, it's not going to be like that forever. But you're always going to have, you're always going to have Mondays at the office. You're always going to have an inbox with emails to answer, and it's not always, you know. Again, it's like there's another half that doesn't make the highlight reel. And so, how do we, how do we highlight that half? Because I think that's where a lot of burnout um, comes from in this entrepreneur space. I think from people having this idea because there's just perception on social media that it's supposed to be one way. And they're like, Oh my gosh, my life and my business are not that way. In reality, it's like, no, what you're, where you are is totally normal. And that's everyone else's life too. But instead they're curating this laptop lifestyle kind of persona. And yeah, so I think it, I think it totally, um, kind of infiltrates into that, into that sphere as well. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, it's it's kind of this, The other side of the same coin, there are these people that are making it look like it's easy, luxury, you know, all the freedom, which I talk all the time about the fact that just because you quit your job and become an entrepreneur doesn't mean you have time freedom. It means you have flexibility, time flexibility, like you can work at midnight if you want to work at midnight, but you still have to work to make money. Yeah. And then there's like the other side of the coin that is like everything is hustle to be successful, you have to be like, look at my schedule. It's stacked from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., 12-hour workdays. So proud of that. And it's like, okay, so then you're sitting there and you're like, well, I don't work that many hours and I've got kids and I've got this and that. Like, am I failing? So there are all these, um, I don't know, just like personas and perceptions that are put out there where in reality, you know, it's dependent on what you want, what your vision is. It's dependent on what you're willing to do to get there. It's dependent mm-hmm. on your own personal values, um, the amount of time you put in, the, the, It's just people keep falling into what I call an expectation gap because they either expect it to look like this laptop lifestyle or they expect to be hustling all the time and it doesn't always fall in either category. So then they're constantly disappointed. They always feel Mm -hmm. behind. They always feel like an imposter. They feel they're comparing themselves to everyone else's highlight reel and they're wondering like, what am I doing that's making me fall short or what don't I have that she has, which is why she's being featured on so many podcasts or she got published here or she... Just had a $300,000 launch. Like, how have I failed? Well, they're not showing you the actual work behind the scenes and how it actually happened. Like, they didn't have that $300,000 launch sitting by the pool for an hour
1: working. They had a village behind them and it usually wasn't them by themselves. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Exactly. So that's what frustrates me is that I just see the disappointment on so many Mm -hmm. faces of the entrepreneurs who, like, either I'm personally working with or just that I have conversations with that it's like, they come to me so defeated. And I'm like, oh my God, sister, like, no, this is not reality. We have to like box that out for a minute and just decide what you want and come up with the plan to get you to where you want, having nothing to do with how anyone else is giving you a perception of how they've done it because it's probably BS.
1: Yeah, well, and the other part of that too is it's like, what you don't see is it's like, what did they sacrifice on the altar of that success? Did they sacrifice their marriage? Did they sacrifice being a present parent? are they like really depressed or have anxiety that's off the charts? It's like, we all make trade-offs. And so, yeah, like maybe somebody looks like maybe, yeah, somebody's got that 7am to 7pm 12 hour packed workday and they're hustle, hustle, hustle. But it's like, there is, there's a trade-off and that all comes at a cost. And so it's like, that's a lot of times what we don't see Mm -hmm. or we see it way after the fact. And then we're so shocked. We're like, Oh my gosh, how is that person getting divorced? Or, oh my gosh, I didn't know that they were struggling with this addiction the whole time. And it's like, yeah, that stuff doesn't happen overnight. It's there and it's happening. And a lot of times that's what gets sacrificed on the altar of your personal success or the success of your business. And, you know, I think there's a lot of people it sounds like a lot of your clients that are saying like that's not what I want for my life and I'm struggling with feeling like I'm behind or like I'm not you know I'm not as successful but it's but it's like they're almost they're almost further ahead in a lot of ways because it's like they're they're kind of looking at it and they're like I don't but I don't want you know I'm not willing to sacrifice what it would take to for for me to be at that level right now because you don't know what it is that they've that they've sacrificed to get there and maybe it's something that. It's out of alignment with your values and what you want in life, and um, you know I, I think that's the that's the blessing of that's like it's a two sided coin, kind of like we've been talking about. It's the blessing and the curse of loving your work and work not feeling like work a lot of days because it's it is what you enjoy, it is what you're passionate about, but then at the same time, it's like where do you hold that amidst everything else in your life, with your marriage, with your family, with your children? Um, With what you know, with what you value in life, so, yeah, yeah. Oh man, all the things.
0: Yeah, I know, and it's you know, it's just it breaks my heart for a lot of people. But one thing I try to remind people too is, it's not yes. You have to picture how you want your life to look in the future, right? Like, so I talk to people all the time, like get granular. Like, what do you want your ideal day to look like years from now? Also, what do you want your ideal day to look like in pursuit of that day? Because although you can't have that day yet, maybe, you have to decide what you want your days to look like as you pursue it, because that will Mm. determine the timeline and the process that you develop to get there. Because maybe for you, based on your values or your season of life or the kids that you have or or how you want to honor your marriage ahead of your business, maybe that goal that so-and-so on social media rocked in six months because she's single and or or soon to be single because she just neglected her husband for six months to have that six-figure launch Mm -hmm. you'd rather have it take two years because in pursuit of that goal although you will achieve it you've honored the things of value to you yes
1: oh yeah yeah and then you know like like you said I love that you that you you know you look You know, five, 10 years down the road, and you say, let's get granular about that. But then, what do you want your days to look like in the meantime? Because that's where we make all of our trade offs at. And, you know, it's like if trade offs are imperative, I I really hate it when people, this is like another highlight reel kind of pet peeve, but I really hate it when people kind of create this persona that you can have everything or that they do it all. Because it's like, one, no, you can't have everything. And, um, you know, you, nobody does it all. You've got a village, you've got help. You've like nobody, it, no one's a one-man show, but, you know, so y- you have to trade off things. And if you don't make the conscious decision of what you're going to trade off, your life's going to make the decision for you. And unfortunately, that's when things like your marriage and your kids and the things that you would say are more important than anything else to you in life ironically, that's what it is. It gets traded off or it's like your physical health or your emotional health. And then all of a sudden, six months later, you haven't been to the gym, you haven't exercised, you're eating crap all day long. And you're just like this anxious, depressed wreck. And it's like, you know, if you, you would, that's not who you want to be. That's not in alignment with who you are. But if you, you know, if you don't consciously kind of, like you said, decide what you want your days to look like, in that time in between, life's going to make it for you. And usually it doesn't end up being, you know, it's not what you would want in the end.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you don't want to have to look back and have that feeling of what you've missed that yeah was most important all along. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I have to tell you, this is so refreshing to talk to somebody who's like in tune with all of this. And I think that putting this message out there is really important and also reminding people that there shouldn't be shame around it. Like, let me tell you, I have yet to meet a person (laughs) in our general age bracket that is not addicted to social media, addicted to their phone, comparing themselves to other people. So let go of whatever shame is on that, like root your feet in reality, decide what it is you want and be willing to implement the things that allow you to get there um, without, Mm -hmm. like you said, sacrificing the things that matter most. So thank you so much for for coming on and sharing your wisdom. And I just think it's of such value to our audience. Um, But will you let them know where they can come find you?
1: yeah thanks for having me today this has been so fun um yeah you can find me on instagram at meredithwboggs and then my website blog is com, and everything is pretty much linked from there my podcast other social platforms so yeah that's it but awesome love, thank to, you love chatting today thank you so much
0: yeah of course and i'll be linking to all of that you just mentioned your site and social but also the um freebie that you mentioned as well we'll put that in the show notes and thanks everyone for tuning in